Hi there! Coach Antonio Aguirre here for the Life Deck Show. I'm very excited to bring you so much value in each podcast episode, like this one that you're about to listen to. Well, I do hope you enjoy listening to each episode just as much as I did recording this for you. Alright, let's dig into today's episode. Let's go! So this is part two of the 22 lessons I learned from my millionaire mentors. And I want to share it with you guys because I'm in a giving mode. So I want to continue on with lessons 12 to 22. This is so damn valuable for you. If you haven't watched part one, then check out this link. Is it here below? You're going to put a link here? Okay. So my guys are going to put a link down below for, for the first part if you haven't um, watched part one yet. Or maybe in the comments. I'll put it in the, in, in, in the caption as well. So check out part one if you haven't watched part one yet, so do so. So let's go to number 12, which is to learn how to give back to your community. So you've made your money, you've made your mark. Don't forget to give back to the community that gave a lot to you. The respect, not just the support, but everything else that they, they've given you. Learn how to give back. 72% of millionaires, this is based on data, volunteer at least 5 plus hours every month. It's just five hours. Whether it be just for show or, or whatever, they do it because it's an obligation that they have. And it's something that they like to do. So millionaires paid forward by donating their time, they donate their talent, and they donate their money. And it's not just money. So there's time that you can give, your talent, your knowledge that you can donate. They, they have a saying that a rising tide lifts a boat. If you are a, a rising superpower, it means that you can lift others up and that's the way you do it you give back to the community so that's number 12 number 13 and this is something that's very important because there's no use for your wealth if you don't exercise you have to stay healthy 76 percent or three out of four millionaires that i know exercise at least 30 minutes a day honestly i've been doing i've been exercising five times almost six times a week now for at least 30 minutes to one hour doing CrossFit. But regular exercise gives a lot of benefits, including giving you focus, better memory, improve sleep quality, physical fitness, mental concentration. And yeah, it doesn't matter if you have abs or nice arms. You just want to be healthy that you can go along your day without getting tired. And the way to do that is being fit. All my mentors, I can tell you, they're not like ready to compete in, in super bods or whatever competition it is for fitness. But all of them are healthy. That's what I can tell you. And some of them even got hit with the COVID-19 virus, but it didn't hit them hard. You know why? Because they stay healthy. They know how to take care of themselves. It's useless to have all those money in your account if you can't, you know, stay healthy. What's the use? A healthy mind lives in a healthy body. It goes both ways. This one has to be, for this to be healthy, everything else has to be healthy. So that's number 13 exercise number 14 it's very important to build an emergency fund and a lot of people will will discover have have probably discovered it during during the pandemic we're in they don't have emergency funds you know what's crazy most people majority of filipinos don't have at least 50,000 pesos in their bank account which is scary it means that they're all all people 
use their money to pay off something. So, and that's why if you have 50,000 pesos in the bank, it means that you're using that to pay off debts. If you have an at least an extra 50,000, it means that you have funding for anything that comes up, right? And 50,000 is not big anymore nowadays. I would say to have 50,000 every month for at least six months is about 300,000 that you need to have as emergency funds for the next six months, assuming that you're not going to make money in the next six months. So if you have 300,000 that you can put out as an emergency fund, do so. It's going to help you. Otherwise, you're going to end up borrowing money from other people and then just going to end up with more debt. When the time comes that you have the capability to save money for emergency funds, do so. There's a lot of unexpected expenses that you may incur. Number one, for your house, house repair or car repair. It could be medical emergencies. It, it's crazy. Like I, I, The last time that I had a relative that had to go to the hospital just because of a COVID scare, it cost them more than a million. And good thing they have extra funds funding and they don't have to do some charity work or ask people for money because they have that fund in their account. So you have to take care of, of that and a lot more things that you need to, to purchase that could be necessary that you didn't think of. You want to avoid using your high interest credit cards to pay for emergencies because credit card has high interest rates. I've been down in debts before with credit cards and a credit card is not used for emergency funds, really. It's your last case scenario type of thing. If you don't have that money right now, the credit card is your last resort. Use your emergency fund if possible, and it should be in cash. So that's number 14. Number 15, be an early bird. Almost half of self-made millionaires wake up three hours before workday begins. Waking up early means that you have lower stress levels. Number two, you increase your positivity. Number three, you increase your productivity. And number four, you improve your sleep quality and improve your mental fitness. A lot of people say it's so overrated when people say wake up early, wake up early, wake up early. But not a lot of people will tell you to sleep early. And when I read that book uh, on why we sleep, when I was told to read that book. It meant one thing. I have to sleep early if I want to wake up early. It doesn't matter if I wake up at 6. If I'm sleeping at 2 a.m., I'm not waking up at 6 for nothing, for no reason. So I have to get at least 7 to 9 hours of sleep. So if I sleep at 12, then I'm surely going to wake up around 7. If I get 8 hours sleep, that would be awesome for me. Usually I sleep 7 hours. I usually sleep 4 hours in a day and that was so bad. 4 hours of sleep gets you cranky and doesn't do well for your body. The early bird gets the worm. Be an early bird and sleep earlier. Number 16, stop comparing. Comparison is the thief of your joy. It's a great quote by Theodore Roosevelt wherein he said that. Learn how to focus on your purpose, your experience, owning your feelings, and turning your attention inward instead. The only competition is staring back at you in the mirror. And if you want to, to start having changes in your life, start with the man in the mirror. Stop comparing yourself with others. That's the basic premise of this. Number 17, learn how to optimize your time. 
What does that mean? Time does not wait for anybody. It means that, you know, time goes on. It doesn't stop. It doesn't wait for you when you're ready. You can't say, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm not yet done. Time will still continue to click, 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 and go on. It's up to you what you do with your time. The poorest of the poor and the wealthiest of the wealthiest, guess what? Own the same thing. We all have 24 hours in a day. The wealthiest people and the poorest people in the world, they have 24 hours. Just imagine if we all sleep 8 hours in a day. So let's say we all have 16 hours in a day. What do the poorest person and the richest person do with their 16 hours a day? It's the biggest difference on why someone is successful and someone is not successful. Optimize your 24 hours by prioritizing your activity. Number two, planning the day in advance, a day before. What I do, I use a notebook beside my bed and I write down three things that I want to do that day. Three important things I want to do that day. And number three, I start planning today so I can build a better tomorrow. I don't think about tomorrow because I'm already planning that today. And the things that I do today compound over time for tomorrow. Time is the ultimate currency that you have. Be careful how you waste your time. You never know where it goes to. Here's something um, I'm still learning how to do, but here's number 18. Buy used non-luxury cars. I've been tempted a lot uh, to buy a brand new luxury car, but I haven't. The thing is, I always wanted a Range Rover. I always told a lot of people I always wanted a Range Rover. And during the time that I could afford to buy a Range Rover three times, because I used I followed the Jay-Z rule, right? So that the time that I could purchase a Range Rover three times, I didn't want to buy it, you know? Because my friend, who's also a mechanic and a, a seller of cars, said the depreciation value of a, a Range Rover is so crazy that it's it's like the moment it goes out uh, of the store where you got it from, take 15% off of it immediately. Used cars, usually 14% of luxury cars are what real millionaires do. Here's the crazy thing. Um, all my mentors, they don't buy brand new cars. And that's one thing I learned from them. They don't buy brand new cars. The reason for that is because, number one, used cars save you a lot of money. So when you buy a car for 1 million, it goes out, it goes out. You can't sell it for 1 million 1 peso anymore. You're gonna sell it for 950. If you buy a 1 million peso car, automatically, the next day, the next day, it's gonna be worth 950. You cannot sell it for 1 million. You cannot sell it for a profit. Unless it's a limited edition. If it's like 1 out of 150 cars, yes, it could increase in value. Number two, it lasts several years after. And it still comes with a warranty if you buy a pre-owned car. Maybe one year, two year old, three year old cars. And of course, like what I said, it's already depreciated. So most cars, if not all, are depreciating assets like electronics. Like a phone is a depreciating asset. If you buy this phone for let's say 100000 tomorrow it's not going to be 100000 anymore. Right. Once you're using it, it's going to be 99000 and below. You're not making money off of it. Don't invest in anything that brings you negative returns unless you're going to use it for a purpose for your work or your business. Make sense? 19. I've been contemplating this a lot and I want to put this in um, to this list, um, which is buy a forever home. 60% of millionaires and all my mentors, they have one thing in common as well. They live in a house that they've been living on for a very, very long time. It's a house that they live on, let's say, for the past 10 years, 15 years, and so on and so forth. They do have other properties as well. They have a vacation home or they have another house, but they don't live there. It's an investment for them. They buy it and then they sell it, but they remain in a home 
and they don't change that home. And another thing is that the millers that I know that it's a home that's valued at at least 25 million to 100 million in that range. And they stick with that because they know and it appreciates over time. You don't need a mansion. You don't need an exclusive community. You don't need the biggest house in the block because it's not the house that you live in that matters. What matters is it's the people that you live in that home that matters. Does that make sense? Live in a house that you can call a home. Any house can be a house, but not all houses can be a home. That's what I'm trying to say here. So buy a forever home so that you can focus on your business. Because when you have a home that you can settle to, you can focus on other things. You don't want to worry about your house because you're doing things outside of your house. Um, number 20. Surround yourself with winners, right? And this is an important thing. I don't surround myself with losers. I don't like people who want to remain losers. I want people to have a winning mindset. So this is one, one thing that I see with all my mentors is that they don't surround themselves with losers. They surround themselves with people who are winners or who want to win. Think about the five closest people that you hang out with. Soon that you realize that you have the same thoughts as them, you have the same goals as them, and you offer similar advice similar to them. People, they can inspire you and they can really drain you. Choose who you hang out with. Imagine this, if you hang out with five millionaires, chances are you're going to be the sixth millionaire. If you hang out with five losers, chances are you're going to become the sixth loser. Know who you want to surround yourself with. So that's number 20. Number 21, all my mentors, they're not employees. They're all entrepreneurs, right? Two out of three millionaires own their own business. If not, they own huge stakes in other businesses. It will take consistency, a lot of long nights, dedication, hard work, and sacrifice for you to be able to be an entrepreneur. But the rewards are it's very fulfilling. It brings you more freedom. It's going to bring you a lot more money. And it's going to give you more time to do what you want. And monetize your passion and build a lasting legacy. Not all billionaires are the smartest people or not all the richest people that I know are genius. They're just great at one thing. And that one thing that you're great at, that's what made them wealthy and rich. Be an entrepreneur in something that you're good at, that you like doing. And trust me, you don't, you don't even have to like what you're actually doing. If it's not something that you're passionate about, but it makes you a lot of money, trust me, you'll be a lot more passionate when the money comes in. <laughs> Passion is really uh, overrated. You become passionate about something that you're doing if the money starts pouring in. And lastly, number 22, which is build your network. Build your network. The number one predictor of your future success is determined by the depth of your network, right? How deep. Ganong kalalim in Tagalog yung network mo. How many people you know, right? It's not it's not what you know in business or in life. It's who you know, right? I don't care how much you know about something, but if it doesn't reach the important person that it needs to reach to, you'll never get far. That's why I always would prefer a hundred networks uh, versus just you know a thousand friends. I'd rather have a network wherein I know there's someone when it comes to logistics that I can uh, turn to, someone in finance. I can turn to someone in accounting that I can turn to someone with influence I can turn all those important people and figures that I need to surround myself with with a network you get support you get opportunities you get lasting relationships and you get increased 
self-confidence because you know there's someone behind you that can support you in terms of business. I've had a lot of investors in my business and most of them, they're not my drinking buddies by no means. You know, we, we don't drink and sing, sing kumbaya in any way, but we have an understanding and respect for one another and what we do and what we're capable of doing. And that's what you need. Someone that can understand what you're trying to build and do and you're on the same goal, goal line as this person. So your network is your net worth. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to share it and tag me on your social media accounts and I'll do my best to repost or comment on it. Follow me on Instagram at antoniogirid.junior. Leave a comment about this episode and subscribe to me on my YouTube channel, Coach Antonio Aguirre Jr. I'll talk to you soon on the next podcast episode. All right? Peace.